Welcome to another edition of Hit The Lights podcast. I've got a very special guest with me today, James Barrett. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad, thank you. How's uh, how's work life at the moment? Living the dream. Happy as, as a pig. Yeah, all good. <laughs> That's really good. So, I mean, would you mind telling the, the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do? Yeah, um, I'm an electrician, qualified electrician. Um, I started in 2008, uh, did my apprenticeship uh, with a small company, um, went into electrical compliance, um, and now I tutor for uh, JTL, so one of the leading training providers. And uh, I also work for myself as well. Um, the idea is that if you're going to teach it, then you've got to be able to do it still. I like to keep my hand in it. Um, you know, I've done my test inspection, etc. Um, I just want to keep pushing myself, really. No, fair enough. It's, it's obviously fantastic to be able to speak to somebody who's teaching in the industry at the minute. Um, as it seems to be few and far. Would I be right in saying that, that there aren't that many? No, no, they're always crying out for tutors. Or, you know, it's, it's one of those things, really. Uh, a lot of people see it as a kind of end of your electrician career going into te- oh, go and settle down into teaching but to be honest with you the industry needs people who are passionate about what they do and trying to in, you know improve the next generation so in ter- in terms of your journey then you say you went through an apprenticeship um what sort what sort of work were you completing during that time was it domestic commercial i was very very lucky i did everything everything you could think of i did that's that's pretty fortunate there are very few companies that do that isn't there yeah i mean one week you were doing a large uh large rewire on you know like a 17 bedroom house like an old priory then you'd be going to go and work in a uh, a factory doing all like the pumps plcs etc be putting armors in for conveyors um and then you'd be going on to like laboratories working there um then i was rewiring churches then i was doing small domestics um, and then I was just doing like commercial like schools, et cetera, as well. So I'm very, very lucky to be able to have that apprenticeship. Yeah, no, I, I can empathise with that. I was, it, very similar from the sounds of things. How, how did you find that's benefited you in, in the long run? In, in the long run, it's very good because when you need to think outside the box, for something that may not be a standard, um, you can kind of acquire those the skills that you've acquired from working in those different industries, you can apply them to multiple different parts. Um, so like a, a non-standard install from a domestic, I don't know, so they, they've got like a garage, et cetera, and they've got like a workshop, you can apply that. Whereas a lot of people, when they do domestic, they don't really ever touch, you know, your armour, your SYs, et cetera. So I could apply that into what I'm doing. So I was very fortunate. Going into becoming a, you know, a, a tutor in, in the education sector is a bit of a, it's a bit of a leap for some people. I imagine it was maybe a leap for yourself as well. What what drove that change or diversification, if you like, in the industry for yourself? <laughs> so, uh, in all honesty, what it was, was I got um, a phone call from one of my friends saying, here's a job going. Um, would you be interested? Uh, believe it or not, he used to be my train officer. Um, and I've known him for you know, 12, 14 years. So I've always kept in contact with him. He said there was a job going and I was getting really frustrated with the lack of understanding from the apprentices that I was having to teach on site. Um, And the two come together. I didn't really understand 
so much about what they kind of did at college. I'm, you know, I haven't been at college since uh, 2011. So I was a little bit out there thinking, why are they not learning anything? The theory. And um, I was quite glad that I had the opportunity because now I can see it from both sides. Um, but the idea of me joining was purely I was annoyed in general with, you know, the, the I say the quality of the apprentices, but the, just the understanding what I was seeing on site and that, you know, one of my friends said to me that there's a job going, is, is a chance to uh, do something from the other side. Yeah, no, I definitely. I mean, do you think it's probably touching on it a little bit then? Do you think that's because maybe others aren't as fortunate as yourself in the diversification of the work that they get to experience? Or is, was there more of a fundamental issue that you felt needed to be addressed? Uh, before I started, I thought there was a fundamental issue with attitudes, etc. Uh, don't get me wrong, you, you do find some apprentices have a little bit of a bad attitude to work. Um, obviously, a lack of maturity. But I would say a majority of them, they do want to know. Uh, down to funding, down to time. Um, and also, because of who they work for, that does make a massive difference. You see that people want to be able to touch tray, metal trunking. They want to be able to form their own bends, etc. But they don't have that opportunity. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Applying the skills that you, yeah. you get part time, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So the only time they really touch it is in a workshop session, which to master something, you know, two two days in it isn't enough. So uh, it's at least you can give them the start and the basics that they need that if they do ever touch it they can have at least a starting base are you involved in the mvq and the portfolio in that way as well in helping them develop any skills and hit the milestones needed for that no i don't i don't touch any of the mvq stuff um the only thing i do is just in my own time see where i've got uh jb electrical that i do help apprentices out Know, who want help to learn um, and obviously develop their own skills if they don't have that opportunity with their employer. Mm. So I think it's very important, especially when they want to learn. It is, that's the big thing for me. If you want to learn, I'll help out anyone. It's when you don't want to learn and it's a, I just need to know it. That's that's uh, that's when I, I kind of won't go out of my way to help anyone, but I will do the bare minimum. No, sure. Yeah, no, I, I, that's understandable. It's obviously nice that you're offering opportunity for those, like you say, who do want to learn. Uh, you, you've obviously got your, your company on the side then. Do you find you're, you're doing evenings, weekends and that sort of thing to yes, keep, keep too, that afloat? Too much, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's creeping in. Yes, um, it is getting a bit busy. And no, I, I am struggling with the, my time because you know, teaching does take up a lot of time. Um, just all the stuff that I guess from the outside you don't ever think of what you have to do but there's a lot of prepping and planning marking and there's a lot of paperwork yeah a lot no, of paperwork that you, imagine. you yeah you don't you don't really think about there's things like trackers and things like that to make you've got to show that you're tracking their progress mm. and there's a lot of forms and stuff that you have to do which I was it was unbeknown to me I just thought you turn up you, you teach them they go and do a lesson, you do your exam and, and go, but you have to show everything for Ofsted and things like that. So, right, yeah. yeah, a lot behind the scenes that I wasn't aware of. However, that's not a deterrent. It's um, it's like a new job. You yeah, know, you've like, got to learn oh, the aspects. 
Yeah, I, I feel it's a good job. But you, if you're if you're a, a competent electrician and you're coming to teaching, it's a whole other ball game. It's another step up, if that makes sense. No, definitely. Yeah, and it's and it's a completely different skill set from being a, an electrician as well, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, just... it's not from just following instructions. It's trying to interpret them for people that have a different thought process than you, like a logical thought process. People learn in different ways and you know with the one apprentice if you've got one apprentice and you're trying to teach him a way you might have one alternative way that you can teach him i've you know most of the time if you've only got one that's fine you've got two different ways of teaching them and and you've got the time there but when you're on a time time scales and you've got example we have 18 per class that's 18 people per class and they might not all learn the same way so you have to come up with a variety of different ways and break it down into layman's terms for them because some people obviously slower than others in terms of how they learn mm, no definitely i mean that that kind of lead, leads me into my next question so what what do you enjoy about teaching what do i enjoy about i think it's more the fact is that i was because i was very lucky in my apprenticeship um and i'm very lucky with how my brain works if you like um <laughs> Because I generally retain knowledge and information quite easily. It's because of the way, like I said, my brain works. It's passing on my little tips, if you like, to how I remember stuff and seeing that passed on to other people and they're learning that way. And you see a lot of people get a lot of information out of just these simple little methods um, to, to, to remember stuff. When I was at college, I remember it used to be boring. Yeah. yeah, and and it's nice. It's good seeing that they're actually enjoying themselves. You know, because you've got to make less. You've got to make some things entertaining and fun. Otherwise, it just gets stale, and and you know, you don't process that information. No, definitely. Yeah, no, I can empathise with that. I always found things, you know, like the anagrams and the ways of remembering things, and um, the interactive classes. It's probably why everyone more so enjoys the practical workshops than necessarily the sitting down um analytical maths side of things um yeah and and the thing is a lot of theory people don't understand how to apply that theory into real life so we all remember uh resistance in series and resistance in parallel because it was just one of those boring kind of theory lessons but when you take that kind of theory and you apply it into well that resistance in series is continuity resistance in parallel is your installation resistance and when they finally grasp those two um theories into how they can practically apply it they normally um get a bit more interested in it because they want to know because it's something they will actually do mm. it, it, it's relevant to them yeah so what are some of the issues that are being faced in the education sector at the moment money <laughs> That's, money is the uh is the big thing budgets etc money um materials a lot of the materials because they go through so many uh you know different people mm. uh, it's you know wear and tear on materials etc which you know you're trying to get as more you can out of it because there isn't much in the budgets so you're just you know using something with an inch of its life yeah but, are, you, um, are you 
are you finding that students are getting the opportunity to still experience a variety of materials and um i th- i think where the budgets are you know i've just tried to sort things out at, th- at this college with uh, new materials etc we have um and we you know we're using pretty decent stuff now whereas you know when you try once you've got a, a budget etc you'll try and use the cheaper stuff but the thing is then you're failing i think you're failing the students by using real cheap materials because you're just showing them what the norm is and that's not the, that shouldn't be the norm you shouldn't be undercutting on on materials and quality so um i think now we've got decent materials we can have the a decent range i think so you can still keep some of the cheap stuff or you know practicing on mm. but then when you're installing you're actually using good quality materials and you can see how much nicer and easier your work can be in neater you can make it by having good quality materials good quality tools yeah no, definitely I, I can remember working in many a booth that was battered to hell shall i say yeah um, you try to get a fix in and then the wood's yeah. battered and then you're like well i can't actually screw it back i can't tighten it what's going on here but mm. yeah it's you know so we've had a, a, a refresh um we've got new wooden boards new uh accessories new uh you know, new um fuse boards etc so it, you know it, it's a start we've got new tools coming in so it's a start yeah yeah i suppose process. that's the other side of it isn't it obviously the wear and tear on the tools as well i mean i yeah. there was there was always mickey mouse tools um in the, in the college i've trained in you know most of the time you ended up bringing up your own in particularly when you had practical assessments and things like that to make sure you you got it done yeah i mean and, and that's the, that's the the, the issue that your face really and things like testers you know you've, I've got a uh, not about not, 18 90 students in my year alone so when they're to all doing a practical lesson etc using you know the same six uh, multifunction testers that's you know six, within six years they're wrecked <laughs> <laughs> in the nicest word yeah no yeah definitely i, I can empathize with that yeah. i mean it, most, most testers i mean maybe maybe a, a scheme just off the top of my head maybe a scheme for secondhand ones from sparks that they don't want when they were upgrading can be donated so maybe if there's any yeah this, i mean I, I am looking at um obviously different ways of tools um looking at like wholesalers you know like for like ev charges at the moment uh because it's not exactly covered by the syllabus at this moment in time i've been asking uh wholesalers if they've got the old models or whatever with the dummy units mm, yeah if they could you know rather than throwing it away could we not have it that we can practice on at least give them the opportunity that in their own time if they want to go and connect it up or they you know they've, they've done their tasks and got stretch tasks to, you know to push them to their potential can they you know can we have some bits like that, that around that okay we might not normally be able to afford in our standard budget because it's an extra if you like yeah no definitely i suppose the same would apply to any manufacturers if there is a manufacturer that listens to this then you know if you've got old gear send it to the colleges yeah i mean we, it's always a struggle because there's that many people's hands it goes through i mean one talking on the on the financial side of things in terms of 
like like you, I suppose your own situation in terms of salaries and um, attracting people to the industry it, it, is that still a dire situation and most teachers requiring second jobs their own businesses to supplement the income and things like that I think it's getting better it I'm, I'm in the same situation um, I took a pay cut to to teach um, it wasn't a massive pay cut but I did you know I did take about four or five thousand a year I wouldn't say it was massive in terms of, you know, some colleges, they want you to take about a 14 grand pay cut. But, um, yeah, I, I saw the, the, the long term, if that makes sense, the long term of what, you know, money isn't everything, but as long as I can get by, I don't mind. No, definitely. Um, I mean, if there was anyone thinking about becoming a, a teacher, what would be the, the key advice that you would offer? The key advice I would offer um have patience. Not everyone learns the same uh, as, as yourself, but it's the most rewarding thing when you see someone pass and how grateful they are that you, you've given them the knowledge and they've had that opportunity. Because if you can remember back to when you didn't know anything, OK, someone else gave you that opportunity to help you. And I think a lot of people seem to forget that. No, I mean, it's a it's a without kind of sounding sentimental it's a nice um warm feeling <laughs> yeah. you know that you're passing on the education and you know obviously there will be plenty of people doing that through the day-to-day operations of their business but seeing it more let's say firsthand in a classroom setting um i'm sure is a, is a nice feeling when you see um you know 20 odd young adults leaving after three years of your tutorship to go off into the industry and they're hopefully better people as well as um, sparks for it yeah exactly yeah, yeah you, you're you're shaping adults really aren't you as well yeah yeah you see you see them grow up so um just like example this 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 year alone you know you've got you've had children well say children you've had young adults coming in who are very shy uh, it was their first day their first day working for their employer is them coming into college uh, and by the end of the year you, you can see them you know their hand skills have improved they've come out of their shells they've grown up a little bit with their maturity um and where they've kind of my mum got me this job they've actually got an interest in it mm. um they're asking the questions they're asking the right things um and they've taken an interest in it and it, it is nice to see so if you know if you like i said if you're going to look at the looking to about going into uh, tutoring or teaching is that you've got to understand that it's a it's a long it's a long game but it's the most rewarding and it's a lot more rewarding than money yeah uh, definitely I'll, I'll back up that sentiment in, in in terms of anyone thinking about getting an apprenticeship then what would be some advice that you'd have for them um well if you're still at school try out at school the idea of of if you don't do very well in your exams at school your maths english science etc and it then you'll be doing things like functional skills which put more pressure on you um you know there's always ways around it you can always improve there's you know school's not the end of the world um but if you work hard and get the minimum required then you know you, it, 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 it's it's again it's a long game that you'll save time and stress in when you're trying to, and you can concentrate on your apprenticeship 
rather than obviously building up those maths and English skills to the required standard. Um, and if you are looking for an employer and you're, you know, you're finishing school or you'll come out of school and you're looking for it, is to try and stand out from the crowd. You've got to think these employers are having multiple people to contact them. What makes you different? What makes you, you know, stand out from everyone else? And I think it's it's it's, it's those quirks and things like that. Don't just say I want a job. That's not what anyone wants to hear. Yeah. So I think it's just. How how would you stand out? How would I stand out? The way I retain information um, is obviously, you know, I'm pretty good at retaining information, and I'm always trying to improve. I know that I'm there's always someone better out there than me, and I'm replaceable, and that I want to be the best that I could possibly be. That's so I, I know there's better tutors out there, I know there's better electricians out there, but I'm trying to be the best I can be. And if you know, you, I don't think anyone could fault me for that. No, definitely not. I think yeah, whatever your skill set, being being the best you can be is is all you can be, isn't it? Yeah, ex- exactly. And I don't think anyone's going to hold it against you that I'm not the best in the world, and I don't pretend to be. But I am one of the hardest people that I know for wanting to know more, wanting to learn. So yeah. I think that makes me stand out personally. Um, my dedication to trying to achieve my goals no definitely uh, how do you inspire a classroom then how do i inspire a classroom yeah. uh humor gotta have humor when you work um you see how people fall asleep otherwise um i do use a lot of social media i do show that with hard work and making no you know not beating around the bush etc when you've got social media uh, electricians etc on youtube uh you've bundy um you've got jordan artisan etc you know people see them but they think oh i want to just film myself like that's not all that goes into it there's a lot more and you've got to think how long they've been practicing and working hard for they they don't have to worry about their job so much because they've already earned, done the skills to be able to have the time to record it and it's putting them down the straight path where it's not all fairy tales. There are some hard, hard times ahead, but they work there. They've taken their opportunity and, you know, they're reaping the rewards from that. Mm. Do, you find, do, you, do you find it's creeping into the classroom setting? Because obviously, I, I mean, I was in my apprenticeship like 10 to 15 years ago. So then obviously social media almost was non-existent. Um, uh, 100%. You will find that a lot of the um, apprentices will know who some of these social media people are on YouTube, etc. for the ones that watch it. Um, and everyone's got a session with tool bags at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> After, yeah, everyone's got, it's like, oh yeah, I've got a Vito, I've got a Velocity and stuff like that. And I'm like, I had a, like a 10 pound sack from Wix, I think. Um, <laughs> And that I was the, the, yeah the forged steel was mine from Screwfix. <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm just i don't understand you know why everyone's obsessed with tool bags like just get to know your job first really <laughs> uh and, and, and you know you got all these like um what they're using at the moment you know the s to be way strippers yes yeah yeah and then people are bringing them to college and like do you not know how to use a hacksaw 
It's hand skill. Do you know how to use a hacksaw? We all know how to use an SWA stripper. It's not it's not overly difficult. But if you learn the hand skills and learn how to do it properly, because once your break, blade breaks in that and you've got no spares on you in the middle of a, a field doing an armoured, yeah, you're going to have a hacksaw on you. Learn how to do it properly. And I think that, that's the thing. Everyone sees people using all these new tools and fancy things and they forget that there's a skill to be learned. What's one of your greatest frustrations then as a, as a teacher? Um, greatest frustrations is it's lack of understanding from some employers. Not so much that, you know, they're being arrogant or naive or anything like that. It's my biggest hate is smoke alarms. So uh, when you're doing an assessment, you have a smoke alarm one of them and everyone seems to sleeve it up brown on the interconnect nine volt interconnect uh making out there's a 230 volt conductor and then you have to explain that it's not a 230 volt conductor it needs to be readily distinguishable between live conductors therefore leave it black and you know you're like well i do that on site and it's not just one employer it's multiple employers but it's that understanding that people have been doing it for years and it's the same the same issues arise if that makes sense yeah it's not just one person and it's and it's you go back to the you know the, the apprentices and you say look this isn't right and you show them why but then the, ne- the next one comes in and does exactly the same so it's not it's not like any information that you give it never goes back to the to the people that are teaching them they don't know different but they're not going to be looking at social media you know that essentially there's the, the 60 year old 55 60 year olds who are still teaching them they're not going to be looking at social media and I think it there's a uh, something needs to be done just to help with their professional development mm. do, you, do you find obviously kind of in a similar vein then the you know where we've got the amendment updates you probably you've at least seen through the amendment too recently yeah um, are, are you finding those changes and updates uh, are difficult to implement into the teaching particularly if you let's say you're partway through uh, the curriculum for that year or anything like that you can it can be i mean where the level three technical certificate it doesn't really include so many regs um because you do your 18th edition at the end of your apprenticeship that's right at the end of your college so you'll do it midway for your apprenticeship so a lot of the theory is never going to change um in terms of what you need to know and what you learn there are obviously a couple of regulations um for example when you're talking about rcds uh, the ac etc um it's not too bad to implement at the moment but i think if they change the syllabus midway so whether uh bringing out this domestic electrician apprenticeship yeah um which i'm not a massive fan of um but any any particular reason why yeah, I see it as a de-skilling of the industry, to be honest with you. I think mm-hmm. that by narrowing it down and, you know, losing a year, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to add, you know, EV charging and that into it. Well, a full electrician or a full electrical apprenticeship, it's not the fact is we should be narrowing it down and adding little bits in it in. It should be keeping an electrical apprentice, but adding that in and making it more because it's, it's a skill that needs to be learned there's no point having a domestic electrician apprenticeship in my eyes saying oh yeah we're not going to touch i don't know mineral or mic no mic because there are still domestic places out there with it 
it's not like it's it's not like you don't use certain things in certain areas and it's forbidden and prohibited to use you can use whatever cable you want wherever you want really so um when you're doing like large domestics and you start thinking well they've got a workshop with steel conduit and it's I don't know, for some reason that this domestic electrician apprenticeship doesn't do much steel conduit. What's the point in that? I've done loads of large domestic installs with um, steel conduit. Where does it start? Where does it start? Where's there's going to you're just going to be missing out skills. And I'm not a massive fan of it, no. no fair enough. I think, um, I, you know, I agree with the sentiment, isn't it? The de-skilling of our of our sector and industry it, yeah. it's, it's, it's a tough one to combat, I think with the number of people who are in the sector anyway um yeah it, i mean i'm not a massive fan of self-certification to be honest with you I've, you know we, we, it's the same type of issue you're not gonna go and do it i know do a rewire of a free bed house then self-certify it and say i'm sorry i can't sign this work off that i've just done because it doesn't comply it, you know there's assessments a year that are cherry picked they're just yeah it, and, and this is the thing is there's so many shortfalls in the industry so at least if you had try and educate them that you'll try and stop that from happening yeah i mean that's probably something that i would say is fairly probably lacking but obviously the, there's only so much you can cram into a period of time of learning but creating an awareness of the companies the infrastructure the systems that these uh, newly trained or qualified electricians are going to be walking into whether you know it's a competent person scheme that they're going to have to register with if they're going to go self-employed or you know creating an awareness it, do you find that there's that scope is kind of missing from creating their awareness which is why we've got a lot of I wouldn't say unknowledgeable, but probably uh, that knowledge of the systems and the people in it and the, the contractors in it is la- lacking. I think you won't change that in, because when you're an apprentice, you're working for an employer. Do you really want your do you really, on, on paid company time? Do you really want to tell your apprentice about self-employment and not working for your company anymore once you qualify? after you just spent all that time and effort training them oh no of course no no no. yeah i'm i suppose i'm more talking about awareness of the industry more right, so okay. than, than than specifically i suppose um going self-employed that was probably a bad example but oh right okay yeah um, um you know we like you know if a company is let's say nic ic you know this, this is who this company is this is the reason we do it this is what it's bypassing in terms of the documentation that doesn't have to go to local authority etc yeah i mean i I think that lack of understanding i don't don't think there is much understanding i think there is a lack of understanding but also in terms of what part piece schemes are and example the the nic eic which is obviously searchshore then you've got napit um and then you've got other ones that people might not heard of, but they're still government backed part P schemes such as Offtech, Blue Flame, that they're, they're all government approved and some of them are cheaper. But people nice. don't people are like, oh, they want to stick to the names, but they're all government backed because they don't understand what it is. It's part P. It's just no self certification. It, it, it's all the same standard of the AF schemes. So 
there's I think there's a lack of understanding there and people stick to the names and go oh yeah well I'm NIC right does that mean you're, you're you know better than someone who's on an off-tech scheme no of course it doesn't you're as yeah. good as you, you know it's just whoever you pay your membership to and it's becoming a bit of a, a, a an old man's club if you like in terms of let, let, let's, I suppose let's swing it around let's talk on a slightly more positive note what do you enjoy most about being an electrician what do I be what do I enjoy the most um that's quite a hard one to be honest um I guess it's the engineering side of it making things work um yeah that's really it really yeah no yeah yeah it's a simple answer that's good I like the theory the theory behind it on anything so when something works it looks nice yeah I like it um that's that's every electrician isn't it you know (laughs) up and down the country we all like to make things work and 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 at the end of the day have done a quality job of it yeah exactly no so it's been um it's been really good chatting with you james i've uh thoroughly enjoyed chatting about teaching it's not often i get to sit and speak to um teachers within the industry so i i've appreciated your insight today no that's lovely thank you very much for having me um i do have one last question though um yeah which i ask of all my guests what's your favorite movie my favorite movie Ooh, i am gonna go with star wars because um i used to be obsessed with it as a kid which one uh, well, I actually used to like The Empire Strikes Back. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's, that's obviously the probably the the most famous one, if we call yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, it used to be my favourite. Um, but yeah, I was obsessed with it as a kid, so I'm still going to go with it. Although I probably haven't watched it in a while um, since Disney ruined it. So. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I've, just, I, I've just been watching The Mandalorian and um, the Boba Fett series. And they're, they're okay, but again, it's just it's not the same. No, I, I get you. The the nuances. I mean, they obviously killed it with the the episodes one to three. With uh, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now. What's his name? He, he kind of talks like a Rastafarian. <laughs> I can't remember his name. The Rast- Rastafarian? Is it Rastafarian? No. What's his name? Oh, Jar Jar. You're on about Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Yeah. Jar- yeah. yeah. It's, it's not Rastafarian, is he? What is he? Stupid. <laughs> He's stupid. <laughs> In case you've got any restaurants, no, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Edit it out. <laughs> yeah. oh, nice one. All right, yeah, no, I've appreciated it. And um, yeah, thanks again. No, thank you very much. And uh, thank you everyone for listening.